Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. As ever, I'm joined by Scott McDermott as we cast our eyes back over Sunday's game between Livingston and Rangers. It was, of course, a nil-nil draw and a very, very disappointing result for Steven Gerrard and, of course, the fans. Scott, I wouldn't go as far as to say it was a game Rangers had to win, but it would have been a very, very important step uh, in showing that this club and the side has improved to a level where they can actually put serious pressure on Celtic. Now, we know Celtic dropped points against Kilmarnock and that gave Rangers the opportunity alongside the Bolly Ball and Goalie scandal. So it, it really is a, a case of um, disappointment and, and potential loss there, isn't it? Oh, it's hugely disappointing, Johnny. There's no getting away from that. Um the punters will feel it more than anyone. No, we've spoke for long enough about uh, what this season means, how important it is to everyone at Rangers and the supporters, um, how no, it had to be different this year. Rangers had to be more consistent. No, they had to learn to, they had to have learned to break teams like Levy down and no scrap for these points, uh, especially away from home. And obviously, the first real. Can I, I suppose you could say Pataudry was a hurdle in the opening day of the season but the first real scrappy one at Livingston where obviously both old firm clubs have struggled uh, in the past and uh, Rangers couldn't, couldn't get over it um, and that will be well you've seen the reaction from from supporters they're, they're not happy I mean listen we knew this season there's so much at stake that the first Mistake, you no, know, from any club um, was going to get a going to get a big negative reaction. It happened uh, when Celtic dropped points at Kelly last week, but I think the reaction because it's Rangers, because Rangers are the challengers, you no, know, they're the ones that are trying to take this title off Celtic. I think the reaction has been uh, has been even more damning since Sunday. I always find Stephen Gerrard. Very, very honest, Scott. I think this is something, I mean, you deal yep. with him on a week-to-week basis. You've always said yep. on this podcast that Gerard will come out and he'll not try and spin a game in a way that you don't recognise. Yeah. And I have to say, I felt he was spot on with what he said after the game. I thought Rangers did a lot of things right. And I, I didn't think it was as disheartening a performance uh, as some would have you believe. And I understand why people think that way because it's another game against a low-line defensive block. You know, we've been talking about this week in, week out for two years. Yeah. But the difference is, if I look back to the previous Livingston game, the 1-0 defeat when uh, Dolly Menga scored, I think 2018, it was the first time Gerard had lost the game uh, at the Scottish Premiership level. 
Rangers didn't look like scoring Scott. They didn't look like they were they were cranking up the pressure. Yes, they had a lot of the ball. Yes, they had a lot of territorial advantage like they had last night. But, but sorry, on, on Sunday. But I really felt watching the game that Rangers were slowly but surely cranking up the pressure on that Livingston side, and it really felt like that goal was coming to me in a way that it hadn't in these previous games where they struggled against the low block. And I don't know if that's a psychological thing, because I think, well, you've got Roof to come on, you've got Itton to come on. Yeah. You've, you've got more quality on that bench. Um, but but I actually think Rangers did look like they were going to score. And, you know, bar from for a break of the ball, an outstanding goalkeeping save in terms of the free kick from uh, yeah. Barisic. They really deserve to win. I mean, you look at the stats, Scott, without getting too 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 much into the geekery that we all know I no. like. 79% possession, 23 shots. I mean, only three of those in target. So, yes, yeah. we can have the conversation, and we will have the conversation about uh, how profligate they were. And nine corners. So, so there was more than enough in that por- uh, performance there to win you a game. Yeah, listen, I, I get where you're coming from. I, I thought it was slightly different. Um, I mean, you're talking about um, Rangers actually looking like scoring compared to previous games. I mean, another big thing about it was in terms of their sheer dominance, yes. the, ga- the games where Rangers have struggled like, away from home, they've also been vulnerable to losing goals. I mean, and even when you look at Livingston beating Celtic last, last season, no, Livingston were creating chances and causing problems and scoring the goals, uh, scoring the goals to to win the game. That was never going to happen on Sunday. So, in terms of Rangers' sheer dominance of possession and territory, I thought it was a wee bit different. They were never going to lose a goal. They never looked susceptible to a counter attack. Um, I think if you look at the the map of Livingston's players' average positions over the 90 minutes, none of them were actually in the Rangers' half, which is just incredible. I mean, that just shows how deep and how defensive Livy played. Obviously, with them losing Dykes pre-match, I think they actually you know, ramped up the, the kind of defensive approach and they had no interest whatsoever in getting out of their own half and causing causing Rangers a problem. So I think in, in, in that sense... It was a different game. Rangers were never in any danger, I don't think, of losing that game or losing a goal. So then it just falls on whether they can actually break Livy down creatively. And you know, we all know that's that's where Rangers have had problems in the past. And clearly those problems haven't been completely remedied yet because, again, as much as they had all the chances, and I get what you're saying, 23 shots, nine corners, they never really peppered the the Livingston goal uh, and really made the keeper work apart from apart from Barisic's free kick and that's where the criticism will come from. That's where you know, people will say, "What has Gerard learned in these two years? What's Michael Beale learned?" No, this this guy's maybe the you no know, a tactical genius, but you no, know, they they still cannot mix it up enough or surprise teams enough or do something different against these teams that's going to conjure up a goal and that's where no punters are getting really frustrated Yeah, I saw Craig Levine was on Sports Sound last night and uh, I had a wee listen to what he had to say and it was quite interesting because he was obviously full of praise for Love and Snatch you would expect from Craig Levine that kind of performance you know, he does like it when a when a team gets stuck in. But he was also highly positive about some of the things that Rangers were doing 
uh, in terms of uh, the way they were they were sh- shaping up to get the ball from from wide into the box. And he said they did okay getting the ball out wide. I thought their crossing was fantastic, but the lack of movement in the box was noticeable. Yep. On yep. another day, with the quality of ball going into the box, Rangers could and should have scored four or five goals. And, and that is my take on the game. I have to agree with it, Scott. And I, I felt like Alfredo Morelos was just a bit of a an empty jersey uh, yeah. at the weekend. And, and, and you know, Itton didn't do much better, I don't think, when he came on either. Um, now, really difficult job that they had because there's no spacing behind. You know, I, I had a wee bit of a pop at someone on Twitter because they were saying, well, Rangers have a got in behind. But yeah. it's impossible. There's you no can't spin, get in yeah. behind a team that are, that are sitting that deep. No, the, the criticism for me, Johnny, and it kind of follows on from what you're saying. I thought that, was, that they did get the ball into good positions, but there was just there was a lack of bodies in the box, you no know, lack of lack of movement in there. Um, balls were going in, but weren't really troubling. Levy, I mean, without what it sounds like, like old fashioned. I mean, Rangers, I felt just had to mix it up a bit. No, it, it almost like turn it into. No, Livy's game, if you like, and turn it into a, a, a kind of get the ball in the box and make it physical and no, just hope for that break of the ball that something's gonna something's gonna fall for you. It became no late in the second half, just a bit samey for me. And, and I know where Levine's coming for you and no Rangers did work a lot of good positions. It's the same no, the, the build up plays a lot of the same that we've seen for this Gerard team over the the two years we're used to seeing it now it's the same movements it's the same combinations they do get into good positions but whether it's the final ball or the movement in the box or just trying something different and whether listen see when games are going like that and it's nil-nil and you're struggling you know to create clear-cut chances you need to come up with something different whether that's a fair corner at a set piece or whether it's moving a player around whether it's changing the shape, and I know people have been you no know, ultra critical with the with the manager for you no know, for keeping the two sitting midfield players on Kamara and Kamara and Jack. Um, I thought again the substitutes. I would have brought Itton on earlier because I think it was made for a guy with a bit of physical presence in the box because of what we're talking about when Rangers are putting loads of balls in there. Um, and listen, the the you know, for for Brandon Barker to be your first effectively your first substitute without wanting to no single the guy out and no have a real go at him. I just don't get the Brandon Barker thing at all. I don't think he's contributed anywhere near enough in a Rangers jersey and no in a game where you're struggling to break teams down, if he is your first substitute, I mean I think I said to you on Sunday, I mean the one thing you would use Barker for is to get in behind his pace. But there was absolutely no room at all. I mean, that was never going to be the... the no, he was never going to come onto that game and, and make an impact. So I think I'm, that... I'm is, wondering if they were they were thinking with regards to Brandon Barker that his ability to dribble past the player yeah, of could make the difference. Yeah, it's, it, they're looking for his quick feet and his creativity and no, maybe conjure something up. But it, it was so tight, so difficult. I mean, Kent tried his damnedest to, to create something... Uh, Hadji couldn't do it. Obviously, they were missing a rebo for you no know, kind of close control and quick feet uh, that that would have come in handy in a game like that. But I'm sorry for me, Barker is never going to be the answer, and the, the, the sooner they get away from that, the better. 
Let's stick up for Yanis Hadji a little bit here, Scott, because um, the lad's 21 years old. Yep. He's had 13 games or 14 games for Rangers before the start of this season. He's still learning Scottish football. We know he's an incredibly talented young man, yep. but this isn't really, for me, his kind of game. And if it isn't no. going to go well for him in this kind of game, I think you need to get him off a little bit earlier. I, I felt that was the one thing you could criticise Stephen Gerrard for. Maybe yeah. say Hadji's clearly not, this is not his environment, this kind of yeah. physical battle. But at the same time, understand, they might turn around and say, well, we've got 79% of the ball, so you want a guy who can potentially split a defence with a pass. You never know if you leave him on. So, so I, get, I get that counter-argument. And for me, this is a problem. Um, with a lot of the criticisms for Rangers against Rangers at the moment and Michael Beale and Stephen Gerrard obviously is that sometimes the opposite can also be true so for example um, the criticism about Jack and Kamara playing at the base of midfield now last season the arguments and the discussions we were having was about whether Rangers really needed three holding midfield players well they've changed that they've adapted it and they've pushed forward one of their midfielders so there's just two now yeah. And now people are saying, well, do we need just do we need the two? But 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 they do. They do need two, in my view, because if they don't have two, then they're going to be left very, very exposed to counterattacks. Now yeah, back I, I in the day I, of Mark- I, Yeah, but I, I agree with you and we, and we spoke about this last week and we, we explained why he needs the two, and I think that is still right. But that still doesn't excuse I think a game like Sunday is almost like the exception to the rule when you've got 70 odd percent possession when as I say the opposition team are clearly not interested in going over the, the halfway line I think I tend to agree with punters on this occasion that if ever there was a game to say listen we can afford to take Kamara or Jack off here I mean Jack or Kamara in that second half could have sat on their own with the two centre backs and literally everybody else up the field and I still don't think Rangers would have been any danger so I think it was a wee bit overcautious. As I say, 90% of the games, for the reasons we explained last week, I think he is going to need the two because if you're going to give Hadji and Aribo and Kent the licence to go and interchange and you're, you, know, you want the two fullbacks bombing up either side, I think you probably do need two in there. But on Sunday, and there will be there'll be other games like Sunday, believe me, because other teams will have watched Livy and thought, we can get a bit of joy with we, we, you know, this, this kind of system, this kind of approach. I think if ever there was a case to either take one of them off or at least give, say, Ryan Jack licence to go or if it's a new midfielder they're going to bring in, Stephen Gerrard obviously say they want somebody, want somebody in his engine room, maybe that's what he want is he want a guy go, where he can go at that midway through a game or the second half of a game, right, just go box to box, no, and just you no know, be that kind of all action midfielder, so it gives you that extra body going going forward rather than the two sitting at the at the base. I think no, I think you had to change that up on Sunday. Yeah, no, listen, I totally agree with that in in a sense that you have the two in there, but one of them is given the license to get yeah. forward. I thought Shelley Kerr made a great point, and listen, I was banging on about this to you while we were watching the game. You know why are Rangers so? consistently allowing the centre-halves to give their holding mid-player, midfield players the ball so deep. That, that yeah. is the one, that's one thing I really don't understand. I'd love to get an explanation for that because she was saying, look, why doesn't he just look? 
Connor Goldson, he's decent with the ball. Drive into that yeah. space and give it to them higher up the pitch. Um, they weren't driving into sp- No, a lot of the Rangers players were guilty of that, Johnny, no driving into space in front of them. And it's it's one of my big uh, bugbears with a lot of players, not, not just at Rangers. I see a lot of, lot of games, a lot of football. Players that don't actually travel with the ball. I mean, see if you get midfielders that actually yeah. travel forwards with the ball. I mean, they're the top players, the ones that travel and actually you know, make purposeful kind of piercing runs you know, are the guys that go for go for big money because they, they make the difference. You no, know, they break the lines. Kamara and Jack, you no, know, I know it's a it's almost like a cliche now, but it was just back and side, back and side, even the ball forward didn't really have any purpose or intent about it. Uh, so I agree there were times when Jack or Kamara could have pushed forward and just say to Helander or, or Goldson listen the space is in front of you drive in there even if you drive so when a centre back you know, comes for the back and charges forward you almost see the opposition opening up because they're, they're, they're so surprised by it they're, they're, they're kind of scared to go to the guy it creates uh, a bit of chaos and that's that's what was needing Sunday so Helander or Goldson had opportunities to go forward Jack or Kamara could have sat in you know, when they did break forward um, but they didn't do it often enough um, and, and they, they paid the price for that Is there a school of thought that says Ryan Jack hasn't really been the same player since perhaps December you know he was terrific for that six month period when, when yep. Rangers were doing well he was a real heartbeat for the team driving them forward getting up and down but we haven't really seen that Ryan Jack this season so far. No. When you think of the Ryan Jack, I can't remember exactly when it was, but the Ross County game where he scored two uh, up in Dingwall. I mean, it was a masterclass in central midfield play. He scored two goals. The two goals were actually it spoke about the time were almost Gerard-esque the way the way he finished them. And you're looking at him thinking, no, Ryan Jack's taking his game to a new a new level now where he isn't just that sitting midfielder that holding player that, that came through Aberdeen where it is keeping possession you no know, short passing back sideways I thought he'd take, the, take his game on to a, a new level and I know it was only against Ross County but you just thought if he keeps this level of performance up then you know, he's going to be some player for Rangers and you're right he just hasn't kicked on for him. I don't, I don't know he had an injury obviously which didn't help him um, but he now looks again like that kind of insular guy who just wants to sit and keep it neat and tidy now, we, we don't know the instructions that Jack and Kamara's getting from the management in terms of what they want from but, but certainly me looking at Ryan Jack just now and the way he's playing it, no, it feels as if there's so much more in there to give and it's just no, it's just no coming out. And if, if listen, if Rangers, if Rangers are going to be successful this season, they're going to need a lot more from them. And if Rangers bring in another midfielder, which as I say, Stephen Gerrard has said they would like to. No, Jack and Kamara, uh, not to mention Stephen Davis, are going to uh, have a real fight in their hands to to get in that starting eleven. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, <laughs> There's a lot of areas in the team that we can discuss in a bit of detail, but I think, and I've kind of touched on this with what I've said already, but let's drill into the detail a little bit more. I think centre-forwards 
was the area that really let Rangers down. The fact that you've had over 20 shots on goal in the game yeah. and only three on target. And really, Morelos hasn't contributed to that beyond one crazy moment. And for me, it was a bit of a frustrating and defining moment for Morelos where he ran down the pitch, got his head down, he's one-on-one with the defender and fires off a shot that has about a maybe 0.5% chance of going in from yeah. about 30 yards. When if he stopped, looks up and squares it, he's got, I think, Ryan Kent running into space over on the left-hand side of the pitch. But it was once again another example of Alfredo Morelos as the maverick, as the individual um, yeah. over the team player. And just generally in the game, I just don't think he was really at it, Scott. Johnny, I worry, I, I worry Alfredo, about him in Scottish Premiership games, to be Alfredo, honest, especially Alfredo, with all the things that are going on. Alfredo Morelos, correct me if I'm wrong, no, overall, and I know over the, the shutdown, obviously, but if you think from November to now, Alfredo Morelos is in a terrible runner for him, I think, as a, as a Rangers centre forward. I mean... I've said this before on here a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I keep hearing people saying, you know, when you say that, oh, no, Morelos, he's nowhere near the player he was in October, November when he was scoring those goals in the Europa League. It's almost like, you no know, fans say, well, I mean, we know he's not the, the player he was. And you think, well, but why? It's as if there's just this acceptance that, well, no, he's not, he's not the player he was back then, but I mean, he's still Morelos, he's still you know, the, the centre forward for Rangers, he's still the first pick. But, why? I mean, he's for him, as I say, since the turn of the year. I know it was only a few games, uh, and then with the the shutdown. But it's he does it. He's not a guy on forum. He's not a guy that looks like scoring in games, and that's why Gerard needs Roof and Itton up to speed as quickly as he can. I don't doubt that that is going on behind the scenes at the at the training ground trying to get these guys up to 100% um, I mean he threw I mean Roof is we're led to believe no miles away from peak fitness and yet no Gerard was just so desperate on Sunday that, that he throws him on uh, with Barker as his first as his first two subs so he is desperate to get help for Alfredo Morelos in the shape of these two new guys who need to get up to speed very quickly because as you've touched on and to me as clear as day Morelos is a guy whose confidence is low he no you're no you're going into games no really expecting Alfredo Morelos to score now something's going to no something's going to need to give for him to get to get off the mark again Um that's a worry for Rangers. We spoke last week about you know, how Aribo and Kent are going to going to have to chip in a hundred percent there because the, the centre forward is not quite at it until these these two new boys get up to speed. You, you, the goals aren't even really that much of a worry for me, Scott, with Morelos because it, it wasn't just his goals; it was what he brings to the team. It was the devilment. It was the the way he ruffled up defenders that were bigger than him. Yeah, but. That game, you know, he was so passive. He wasn't involved. You know, everyone talks about Alfredo Morelos, and the reason is he's such a big personality on that pitch. For those 90 minutes, you almost can't take your eyes off him because he's always in the middle of something. There's always a bit of naughtiness, a bit of devilment, um, or a bit of magic coming from this guy. But you, you look but at that got, game and you, you, you wouldn't even known really he was there. No, but Johnny, I get all that, but he's, he's got to be a goal threat. I mean, if, you, if, you're the, if you're the lone striker for Rangers 
uh, listen, I get everything else that he brings to the to the party when he's on his game, you know, and he bullies people and he's just got that you no know, physical strength and running power and you no know, taking defenders out of the game to bring you no know, bring teammates into it. That when he's at his best, you no, know, that stuff's brilliant. That is Morelos at his best, but he's got to have a goal for it at, at all times. I mean the Rangers centre forward and in, in that system has to have a has to have a goal for it. And I don't think that's that's it, Matt. I think you're looking at Morelos wondering where the next goal is going to come from. And that that'll be a worry to, to Gerard. Obviously that's why he's went out and spent spent big money on the two the two strikers. Um and listen, you're right. If if Morelos continues to play the way he did on Sunday, there's going to come a point no knowing the two the, the knowing the distant future where Gerard says to himself, I need to start with Itten or I need to start with Roof and leave Morelos on the bench. That's that's coming if Morelos' yeah. forum continues as it is. And it was Charlie Nicholas was actually talking about this in, in midweek of all people. Almost the situation Rangers are in now with Morelos where if he doesn't play well, it's making a, a transfer more difficult. But at the same time, they can't really take him out of the team because they need him to be in the team and scoring goals if they yeah. want to move him on. Yeah, now, yeah. Rangers might not want to move him on. We might have all got this wrong with thinking that Itten and Roof were going to be natural replacements. But when you go down that path, you start to question, well, you've still got Jermaine Defoe there. How do, how do all four of these guys get yeah. game time? It just doesn't really make sense. So you have to assume the strategy is to move Morelos on that when a, a reasonable bid comes in. Yeah. But but if I'm a, a Lille or a, a, another set of West Brom or something like that, watch them now, you've got yourself, well, I, I snapped your hand off for the Alfredo Morelos of November time. Yeah. Um, or October yeah. time. But this guy doesn't look like the same player. No. Rangers will be hoping, ultimately Rangers, if they are looking to sell him, which you're right, I think the acquisitions are rough and I didn't suggest that no, if a suitable bid does does come in, then they will let them go. But they will need to hope and pray that they can get a serious bid and attract bidders through his forum in October, November, getting into December. No, because when you look at that player, no, the guy who's tormenting uh, Feyenoord and Porto and the, the Champions, uh, the Europa League and you know, scoring goals in every group game. No, clearly there'll be clubs around Europe, no big clubs, who would want that want that player. And I think Rangers will be hoping that he's getting enough in the bank in terms of that for him, that somebody will still come in with, with serious money for him, and, and Rangers can make a make a healthy profit. But you're right, it is a bit of a, a bit of a dilemma. No, they probably do want him playing well and in the in the short window, but. As I've said, when you've brought two new strikers in for, you know, we're led to believe six million, over six million for the two of them. Um, obviously, you're trying to get them fit and up, up to speed, but no, they need Morelos firing again uh, very soon. And at the moment, sadly, I don't think it looks like happening. Yeah, I mean, one one last thing I would like to say just on this game is I think there's a temptation to look at it and say it's Livingston. You know, they're a small club. But just a, a cursory look at what Livingston have done over the last couple of years. And if you drill into the detail of each of those games, there's very, very few times that either Rangers or Celtic have gone there and had an easy ride. Yeah. You know, they've beaten them uh, both both halves. 
um, comfortably there at times. So, listen, this is a really tough place to go. They're very, very well drilled. They're very, very well organised. And on top of that, you've got probably the worst plastic pitch in Scotland. Uh, it looked absolutely horrendous on Sunday. The amount of black pellets that were coming up when yeah. uh, people were passing the ball. Now, I know Livingston, Livingston will get offended by that and say that's not true. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good surface. And listen, Scott, I've actually stood on it and, it and it looked a lot better standing on it than it does on the TV picture. So yeah. maybe, maybe you're just not getting it right. But the, the listen, level of, 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 of pellets that was coming up was something it's, else. It's a hard place to go. And, and honestly, it is really difficult for a team going there when you're literally up against you know, nine men behind the ball trying to break them down we, we know that and you, know, you can't say Rangers didn't they you know, weren't they trying or the effort and that wasn't they I mean, look at Ryan Kent I mean you could see I think somebody mentioned this morning I mean, you could see with his body language you know, he was desperate to try and make something happen he knew the importance of it he knew that people were expecting a slip up knowing we're determined that, that it wasn't going to be the case he was going to be the guy to, to open them up and, and do something but incredibly difficult um, the unfortunate thing for Rangers is this season of all seasons people just won't accept these excuses whether Steven Gerrard likes it or no he has to come up with answers because as we've said a million times all that matters this season is is that title and stopping stopping ten in a row. The the advantage they had over Celtic uh, after their Kelly game has been eroded already. Um, as has the opportunity you know, to build that 11, 11 point gap that everybody was talking about before Celtic play on on Sunday. So it's an early slip up. There there can't be too many for Rangers' point of view this season. Um, and listen, Stephen Gerrard knows that he knows he can he can say what he likes after the game. Everybody knows it's a hard place to go. Everybody knows they had all the possession, all the chances. Ultimately, it's just not going to cut it this season because there's there's too much at stake. Yeah, and it's going to be a huge game on Saturday now, playing against Kelly. They obviously kick off at 3pm at Ibrox. Yep. Celtic play in Dundee United. And, and what will be a very difficult game for them because their 5.30 kickoff is against, I would say, a rejuvenated Dundee United. Uh, looking yep. very well organised, very tough to beat, very diligent. I don't think Celtic are going to face much different to what Rangers faced against Livingston, to be honest, no. in that game. So I, I think that's going to be a tough one for Celtic psychologically and physically. But listen, we're here to talk about Rangers the Kelly game, Scott, that's going to be a tough one for all the reasons I've just stated because Alex Dyer, he knows how to organise Kelly. We've already yeah. seen him frustrate Celtic and he will sit in and look to hit on the break with his... Of course. With, yeah. with the pace that they have on that side. And it's going to be a tough one for Rangers. They'll have to be careful on this one. Yeah, big time. I mean, without being unkind to Alex Dyer, I mean, it's going to be a, a classic kind of... Steve Clark performance you know what I mean he worked with Steve Clark obviously um, when Kelly got good results against Rangers so why why would you change that that system that approach why why tinker with it I expect Kelly to line up the exact same the boy Kabamba up front obviously caused Celtic huge problems albeit that game is at home it'll be a bit different to Ibrox um, you wouldn't expect him to see as much of the of the ball on Saturday but you're right they'll sit deep 
the three in midfield, we know Shabola, Power and Dicker, we know what they're all about. No, they're going to try and make it ugly, make it physical. And Rangers need to come up with a, a solution to ov- overcome that. And they will try and hit in the, the break. Chris Buck's obviously in great form. You'd imagine they'll, they'll use him in the, in the right-hand side, um, try and get the ball up to Kabamba as much as they can, try and ruffle uh, Goldson and, and Hilander. It's, it's going to be another difficult game for Rangers I mean I keep saying it but an early goal is crucial how many times did I say that to you Um, getting the early goal settles everyone down it means that Kelly need to need to come out so Rangers need to come out the the traps fly Um, but it it should be like that in every game because if you get that goal ahead it changes the dynamic of the game uh, it would have changed the dynamic of Sunday's game. I think the, the Rangers wins at Levy just off the top of my head. I, mean, I think it was a cup game. They, they beat Levy away when Kamara scored. It was an early goal. I mean, that was a horrible game that night. But Kamara scores for a deflection, um, a deflected shot, early doors, and it just settles Rangers down. They can see out the see out the game. That's obviously what they were missing on Sunday. And I think Gerard will want them to really come out the traps uh, against Kelly on Saturday. If they don't, the longer it goes at nil-nil, albeit there's no punters in, but no, the nerves, the psychology will start to kick in again and it becomes a becomes a dangerous game for Rangers again. I actually think it's going to be of benefit to Rangers that there isn't a slightly nervous Ibrox side yeah. for that game. Uh, our colleague Gavin Berry wrote a column that you can read on the Daily Record website yep. that made that very point. And I think just the, uh, that 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 lack of a sense of 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 concern and worry and agitation yeah. should allow Rangers to keep playing their normal game for as long as possible. I think Rangers will take care of Kelly quite comfortably. I think it'll be yeah. two two nil, uh, and I don't just, think they'll have too many problems. But just, just in terms dangerous. of like, yeah, just just in terms of the psychology, Johnny. Just getting back to the levy briefly. I mean that that will be a worry for fans and I'm sure the manager as well and that you know, it's not just the, the, the dropping of the points but it, but it's again you know, the, these players' mentality has been questioned you know, have they got enough to go, to get over the line do they have the character and the mindset you know, to, to scrap out these these results and go and, win a, go and win a title there will be more seeds of doubt now after Sunday because again they've went to a place like that and, and struggled to break the team down that that will be a worry going forward we hope for Rangers point of view that doesn't seep into the uh, psyche come come Saturday as I say albeit with no fans there which I agree probably will help on this, this occasion OK well we'll see what happens we'll certainly be back next week to discuss it in detail uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us to give us a hard time over anything we've said and there's probably plenty of ammunition today to be fair you can get me on at Johnny R. McFarlane you can get Scott at McDermott 8 if you like the podcast we know plenty of you do please go online and give us a five star review you can do that at iTunes or any other podcasting platform as that allows us to get the podcast to as many people as possible until next time keep in touch and thanks for listening